Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited to share with you a passage uh, that I believe is going to impact your life today. And uh, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn with me in Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. But uh, last week, being Father's Day, we, we kicked off a series uh, entitled Adopted by God. And uh, Best Dad Ever was last uh, Sunday's message. But I tagged along with it this phrase, hashtag adopted by God, for a specific reason. A lot of people don't understand the significance of what adoption is really all about. It's one of those uh, kind of a biblical doctrine that people don't look into that much. But it is so powerful, and it's, it's needed for every one of us. And what I wanted to share with you right off the bat is this. When, when God adopts you, two things happen. He brings you into his family. And second of all, he makes you his child. Now, some might be thinking, well, wait, 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 wait a minute. I thought we're all God's children. Here's the key. Uh, Everybody in this room has been created by God. But not everybody in this room is a child of God. There is a distinction. There is a difference. He's created you. But what's necessary is for him to adopt you. Come on now. You hear what I'm saying? You have to be adopted. But when God adopts you, he brings you into his family. And he makes you his child. And he makes you an heir. And you get all the privileges and the benefits of having God as your father. And so we're going to get into that today. And so I'm, I'm just going to challenge you and say to you, this, to you this morning this question. Have you been adopted? Have you been adopted? Because being adopted by God is essential. One of the things that uh, came to me. Whoa, I sat down on that. All right, my bad. Somebody might have went, whoa, all right. I got, did that wake you up? Some of y'all, that did wake you up in the room. All right. Good deal. Whatever God uses, he will, he will do to get your attention. Amen. <laughs> he will. But one of the things I came across was a verse that in John 1, because I remember I was teaching at Athens Tech, and then one of the teachers said, oh, we're all God's children. And I said, come on now. Do you really believe that? And I said, let me give you a verse. And they said, what? And I said, Jesus said, I, I came to my own, but my own did not receive me. But as many as who would believe in me, would receive me, would become a child of God, even to those who believe in my name. So the key is you must believe who he is in order to receive who he is, in order to become who he wants you to be. That's the truth. In order to become a child of God, you got to believe in him and receive him. And then he gives you the right to become. A child of God. So that adoption is absolutely essential because he, Jesus, being the King of the Jews, being born and being a Jew, his own, the Jewish people, did not receive him. And listen, I'm not a Jew, but I on the outward, but I am a Jew on the inward because I've been adopted by God. And so that's the good news. Well, let me give you some insight. 
uh, into this adoption process. In the Old Testament, the Jewish people adopted for two reasons. Those two reasons were this. First, if they were childless, they would adopt. And that makes sense. Um, and so the second reason was even more important than that was that they were childless, but when they got old, they wanted someone who would be able to take care of them. Now, is that important, Grandma? When you get to be a little bit older, amen, you need someone to take care of you. Listen, uh, I know the older I get, I realize the day's going to come when I'm going to need someone to take care of me. I got four kids, and I'm thinking, which one of them's going to take care of me? Hopefully one out of the four. I'm hoping 25%. But there, two of them are here today, and two of them are not. So I got a 50% are listening to this, so maybe one of them will. All right, you hear what I'm saying? But the older you get, the more you need someone to take care of you. I know I've witnessed that even in, in Ken's family and, and with his passing of his dad and over these last few years. And you know, they, they take care of you, but when you get that opportunity to return that, you won't ever regret a day of it. You won't. I've sent this to my kids because I heard it yesterday. I said this. I said, the day will come when you wish you had the opportunity to call your parents and check on how they will do it. You hear what I'm saying? The day will come when you wish you had the opportunity to call and check on your parents and see how they're doing. Now, some of you young folks, y'all go through your day like everything centers around you. But listen, the older I get, I, I don't let a day go by that I don't call and check on my parents and see how they're doing. And you know why I do that? Because I know the day is going to come when I wish I had that opportunity to do that. So as people get older, and they do, they need it taken care of. So the adoption was done because of that. So that was the Jewish um, background, the Old Testament background of this. But how, how do we view modern-day adoption? You know, modern-day adoption takes on a whole different look because modern-day adoption is more of people uh, adopting a child or adopting someone in a foreign country. Or Like I traveled to India years ago, and when I was there, I, I went in an orphanage, and I saw 400 children in this orphanage. And one of those beautiful little Indian girls, I wanted, I wanted to take her and adopt her and bring her back home to the States with me. I mean, I just fell in love with her. And I even took a picture of her and sent her to Angie, and I was like, okay, what do you think? But, but any, anyway, that's what we usually think of. Some people look at foster care. Some people look at things along those lines. But a lot of the children that get adopted or, or because they're in another country, they have a birth defect, nobody wants them, they're abandoned, and so they get adopted. But our modern-day thinking is adopting a child and taking care of them. Well, we're going to see something a little bit different that when Paul was writing this text to the people of Galatia, and when he was writing... The Roman Empire was in control. And so we're going to see what's said. But I'll, let me read a few verses, and then I'm going to tell you what the Romans, how the Romans viewed adoption. 
Pick up with me in verse 4 of chapter 4, and it says, For when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those, in other words, purchase those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts where we cry out, Abba, Father. That's that word, precious Daddy. So because we have that relationship, we can now call God our daddy. And that is so good. But notice, here's what I want to key on, verse 7. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir, through the, through the gracious act of God. That's what's special about this. It's the gracious act of God that he adopts you and now you who were not his child can now become his child. And that is huge. Now, let me go back to how did the Romans view adoption? And, and when Paul was writing this in the context and the culture of that time, here's the Roman view of adoption. They did not adopt children. They adopted adults. And usually, <laughs> check this out, usually it was a guy 20 plus years old, even up to 30. And they would adopt them. And the reason, the ones who did the adoption were usually the upper echelon, and they might, this person might be wealthy, and they might look around their family, and you go, you know, I've got this son, or I've got a daughter. And they, they really don't have their act together, and I can't leave this estate and this inheritance to them because they don't know what to do with it. So what that person would do was they would uh, go and find someone who had the leadership skills, the physical skills, the mental skills, the emotional skills of a 20 to 30-year-old. They would watch them, and then they would adopt them because they were more qualified than their own biological kids to run the kingdom in their state. That's what they did. So under the Roman rule, you could disown your biological child. Woo! Woo! Think about that. You could be disowned. In other words, get out. You're gone. Even though you were biologically, that's your daddy, he could kick you out. You know, we have kids, they leave, they come back. They come back. They bring more with them, don't they? But, you know, in this time, they kick you out. I, if I don't like you, I kick you out. You're gone. I disinherit you. I disown you. We might, we're going, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not love. Well, that was the Roman way of doing things. And, I mean, it was intense. But they were looking for someone that would take care of, of everything within their estate in their kingdom. Well, the father had this power. A father could disown a born child. A father could sell a son for adoption. Ooh, in other words, I don't like you. I'm going to put you up for sale. They could do that. Sell you for adoption. Now, we, we, we live in America. We, don't, we are thinking this Okay, well, that was then. Well, the context of this scripture was written for that time. So when Paul says these words, you're no longer a slave, you are a son. 
for you've been adopted. So what does all that mean? What are the results of one of these wealthy people adopting you? Well, you had to leave your family, but you, you didn't forget who they were, but there were a lot of things that began to happen, and I'm going to give you some of those things because these all apply to what God has done for us. So this is good stuff. I hope you're taking notes because you need to write these down. You ready? Here we go. What does it mean? What were the results of being adopted? And what are our results of being adopted by our God? First of all, you have a new father. You have a new father. What in the biological father? This is someone who is now taking you in, and you now have a new father, a new head, a new ruler over you. Jesus had an encounter with some religious leaders, and they, Jesus talked about Abraham being the, his father, and some of those uh, people told to Jesus, we, Abraham is our father, and he said, well, if Abraham was your father, you do the deeds of Abraham. But he told him in John chapter 8, he said, you are of your father, the devil. He's been a liar from the beginning. Well, you can only imagine if you told someone, hey, you know what? I know who your daddy is. He's a devil. <laughs> Those are almost fighting words, aren't they? Well, they even said this to Jesus. We were not born of fornication. Boy, that was a low bow. You know why they meant that? Because they knew about the story of Joseph and Mary. And they, they said, he was born of fornication. We know the real story. It was the Holy Spirit descended upon Mary, and that child was born of God. But yet they were, they were just needling him at that point. You were born of fornication. Well, listen, here, you, you might not want to admit this, but until we are adopted by God as our Father, you know who our Father really is? Who is he? The devil. Now you might be going, oh preacher, you telling me my daddy's a devil? I'm telling you spiritually, until you're born again, your father is, the, is Satan himself because you're under his rule and reign. Now you might not have ever thought about that before. Now I know some of you are thinking, that explains it. That's why, that's why he is the way he is because his daddy's the devil. I know, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> I, I was on a, one of them river float trips up in the mountains, and the bus driver told this joke, and I hadn't forgot it. And he told a joke about, they was uh, deacon sitting on the front row. You notice there ain't many on the front row, but the deacon was sitting on the front row in the church. And the devil came in and went to, the devil personified himself in the pulpit. A man was standing there, but all of a sudden the devil came out of him, and everybody was scared to death and ran out of the church. And, and one of the devil's servants was sitting next to the deacon, and he turned to him, and he said, You ain't going to run, too? And he said, Heck, no, I ain't going to run. I'm married to his sister. Never have forgotten that one. <laughs> I ain't afraid of him. I'm married to his sister. Well, 
Think about this. You have never thought about it. But until you're adopted by God, you're under the kingdom of this world. And who is the prince and ruler of this world? It's Satan. And you know what his goal is? Is to keep you and to try to keep you in darkness, to blind your eyes, to tell you God does not love you, God does not care. That's his goal and his plan. That's his strategy. So, but when we're adopted by God, we have a new father. We no longer belong under the other kingdom. We have a new father. Isn't that great? I hope you've been adopted. I love it. Here's the second thing. Not only do you have a new father, you are heir to his estate. You are heir to his estate. Now that ought to, that ought to make you shout now. Because let me ask you this. In that culture, that meant now that this adopted kid who was probably in a poor situation has now been adopted, has a new father who's wealthy, and now I am heir to all he has. Now, Tammy deals at the probate court with all kinds of people and inheritance and all that stuff. I want this, I want that, give me this, give me that. Well, the adopted one is now brought in, and now he is heir to this estate. I can only imagine some of the sons and other daughters going, look at that. They, they could be envious or jealous. He's adopted. He's not even blood. But the adopted father takes you in and get, make, becomes your father and now makes you heir to his estate. No, so I ask the question, what does it mean to be an heir of God? It means to inherit everything God has. All he possesses is now yours. The Bible even says in Romans 8 verse uh, I believe I've got it written down in Romans 8 verse 17 that we become heirs with God. We become joint heirs with Jesus. So everything that the Father has is now ours. Now, you might be going, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. I'm poor and I don't have much and I don't see me having much. Well, that's this life. The best you're going to get in the, this kingdom is whatever is in this kingdom. But this inheritance is outside of this kingdom. It's eternal in, a, in the heavenly. Doesn't the Bible say this? Do not store up for yourself treasure on this earth where moth and rust and all kind of thieves can come in and steal and take from you. But do what? Store up for the kingdom of God. That's it. And here's the good news, bro. is because the inheritance is real and it's eternal. Someone said, what kind of retirement plan you have? I said, I don't have much of one here on this earth, but I got one that's out of this world. And that's it. And it's one that will not fade away. You know, they weren't too long ago, I took a big hit on my 401. And you've taken some big hits as the economy jumps up and down. But listen, there is one that is never going to take a hit. And it lasts forever. But you are now heir to his estate. That's what, this is the primary reason in the Roman culture that they adopted that young man to take over because they wanted someone to be able to run the estate the way it needed to be run. 
And so, therefore, it was the primary reason. Here's the third thing. It gets better, y'all. Check it out. All your previous debts are erased. <laughs> In other words, if you owed anything while you were with your biological family, and now you're adopted by this new father and you're heir to his estate, all the previous responsibilities and debts that you had wiped clean, canceled, done away with. I believe we sang a song a while ago that I hope you just didn't overlook the words, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain and he did what? He washed it white as snow. We even sang the word erased in one of those songs. And I was like, man, Caleb did good to pick out that song for today. And I didn't even tell him. That's the spirit Amen. at work. But the spirit knew that some of y'all need to know this. So you mean everything, that all the debts that that guy had or even possessed, they were done away with? Absolutely. Done away with. You are, that, that young man was now legally and absolutely the son and heir of a new father, and there's no past life to be taken into account. That is good news, folks. Now, when you apply that to God adopting you, does it hit home? Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Behold, old things have passed away. All things have become new. That is a clean slate. Whew. Boy, I'm liking this adoption thing a whole lot more, aren't you? Anybody got debts in the room that they would go, please adopt me? Please adopt me. Listen, I know you might have met, I even said this one time to this multi-millionaire. I said, don't you want to adopt me? And I didn't really realize that that's a possibility. In the Roman times it was, but in this day and time we go, no, I'm, you're an adult, I'm not going to adopt you. You adopt babies. Uh -uh. They had it right. You adopted someone that could handle it, run it, and make it better. Do you know this? In the Roman Empire, nine of the Caesars were adopted. Do you know Julius Caesar adopted Augustus? Do you know Augustus ended up adopting Tiberius? Nine of them, of the ones that ruled the empire, were adopted. That's pretty fascinating. You go, I didn't know that. I came to church. I learned something today. But that's what adoption means. And the reason they adopted was they wanted someone that could run the empire the way it needed to be. Next, here's the results of adoption. You are purchased with a high price. You are purchased with a high price. And the wealthy people had to pay a high price in order to adopt this young man to come in and now run the estate. So that family did receive the money, but you were purchased for a very high price. When Jesus adopts you, when God the Father adopts you, what kind of price did he pay? The highest. The high. Jesus paid it all, didn't he? That price was 
going to a Roman cross and being stretched out between heaven and earth and paying for the penalty of your sin and my sin. Do you know what sends a person to hell is not receiving the payment for their sin? It's your sin that sends you to hell. The only way to get that sin off is to receive Jesus who took your place. In other words, it's no longer on me. He's got it now. He paid the price. And so I don't care how good you've been, how bad you've been, the final verdict that sends a person to an eternity in hell is if they never received and became a child of God. You've got to be adopted. Everyone has to be adopted. Okay? I don't know if you're as excited about this last one as I am, but I... Whew, this is good. Here's the final thing, y'all. Before I say it, I had a note here. What did, how rich was Jesus before he came to this earth? What does he possess? He's the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He possesses it all. But he who was rich became poor so that we who are poor could become rich. That's it, y'all. So that means I have a new father. I'm an heir to his estate. My debts have been wiped out clean. I have been purchased with the great price, the highest of price. That's the blood of Jesus Christ. And then finally is this one. Once you adopted, it's permanent. It's permanent. You know, I, um, I went to a, a hard viewing of the one in our church months ago. And we were down there at the viewing of, of Matt Calvert. And there was a, a gentleman that came by to me, and, uh, and he said these words, and I'll never forget it. He said, it's in these cases that you know that that once saved, always saved isn't true. That's what somebody said to me in the funeral home in Monroe, Georgia, at Meadows. And this was a preacher. And I looked back at him and I said, What do you mean? I said, What do you mean? I said, If I didn't believe that once I was saved, that I'm always a child of God, then what hope do I have? Because if you believe you can earn your salvation, then guess what? You believe you can lose your salvation. But if you've been adopted by the Father, God, who created you, it's permanent. Once adopted... It's permanent. You can, here's the, here's the word, y'all. Here's the rule. And it was stated this way. A man cannot disown an adopted son. He could disown the biological, but if he adopted you into his family, he could not disown you. You were an heir forever. It was permanent. Come on now, don't you like that? 
In other words, I messed up this week pretty bad, but I can't be disowned. I am forever permanently sealed and covered because of him. And y'all, this was, this was the Roman rule. And I thought how appropriate to apply what they taught into the spiritual realm of what God has done on our behalf. It don't get any better than that. This is why you need to be adopted. It's permanent. Let me tell you this. I don't have to tell you. You already know it. The Bible says, who holds you in the palm of their hand? It says Jesus. Jesus said it first. I hold you in the palm of my hand. Then he said, then the Father also holds you in the palm of my hand. And let me ask you this. What's going to separate you from that? If he holds you in the palm of his hand and you think you can somehow run out of the hand of Almighty God, then you think you're more powerful than God. And that ain't going to happen. And if you, think, if you think you can run away from him, I'm going to tell you, his hand's pretty big. And you can't outrun the width of his hand and his love. And it's, boy, I am so glad it's permanent. Aren't you? I, I've got a few folks that are excited about that. But are the rest of you excited about that? It's permanent. So number one, number one, hallelujah. I have a new father. I'm now an heir. <laughs> Everything he owns is now mine. All my debts have been erased. I was purchased and paid for with a high price, and it's permanent. It can't be taken away. Please adopt me, God. <laughs> Please adopt me. So how do I get adopted? To as many as received him. To them he gives the right to become a child of God, even to those who believe in his name. That's how you get it. So let me ask you this. What is God saying to you today about adoption? What is God saying to you today about adoption? Have you been adopted? Has the Father adopted? Do you realize who you are an heir to and with? Do you realize what's been done for you? Do you realize it's permanent, can't be taken away? Then now, does that mean that now I have my daddy's God the Father and he's adopted me, that I'm going to go out and live like the devil this week? No. Does that mean I got a right and a license to go out and sin all I want? Listen. You choose to do that. You got a new father, and he knows how to discipline you. He knows how to love you. He knows how to correct you. And if listen, here's your sign. If you can go sin and he doesn't discipline, you're not his child. Because whom a father loves, he disciplines. And so I'm with you, y'all. I have sinned. I have fallen short. I've sinned this past week. But I am so glad that he's covered me. Amen. I'm so glad I confessed it. And I'm so glad that. Listen, I got back up from it, and I continue to walk with him. And I'm here today to tell you that you need to be adopted by God. Have you been adopted by the Father? And if you have not been, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? All right, that's it. That's it. Adopted by God. Let's pray.